I think that the strategy bit there is to be clear about who your ideal customer yeah. is, uh, and uh, to be very a bit be, be wise about how you appeal uh, or, or appeal or call to or call out your ideal customer, and doing it in a way that is not disenfranchising to other people, not exclusionary. I think is a is a wise thing to think through. All, all of us as Smart e-commerce operators know that net profit is the lifeblood of a business, but at a small and profitable business than a large one which earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook by Jason Miles gives you 17 specific proven profit-taking actions. For a limited time, we are sharing this valuable resource with our listeners completely free. Download your 60-page workbook and start making your business more profitable today. Just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That's theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. Let's jump in. All right. In this episode, we are going to break down the non-obvious, interesting points of Alex Hermosi's most recent book launch, The $100 Million Leads Book. It is absolutely crushing it on Amazon. And the way he did the launch was really, really interesting. It has a lot of lessons for all of us as product marketers and as people who are interested in getting new customers. And so in this podcast episode, we're going to really dive into some some interesting points about how he recently did this work. Michael, are you ready to talk about so, his, uh, his recent book launch and how he did it? Absolutely. I mean, I suppose I focus more on the content of the book. I mean, as, as a professional author and book launcher yourself, I guess you're going to be more geared to the book launch. So up for, for either or both sets of, of uh, wisdom. All right. Well, let's jump into it. I've made a few uh, points about things that I thought were interesting, and we can weave in the uh, the overview of the book if that's helpful as well for people who haven't seen it. In fact, maybe we should start with that. Yeah. Michael, you've got sort of the breakdown on the core concepts of the books. You want to just do a, a, a one or two minute overview, and then we can talk about how we marketed this and why it was interesting to watch him. Do it's going to be an interesting exercise because I'm looking at a sort of Spotify thing. So I've been listening to the audiobook, which is available on Spotify, thanks to, to you, Jason. So we'll share that link over at theecommerceleader.com as usual. But really, it's about the, by the way, I think the first thing to say is this, this sort of follows on from having a great offer. And there's a really good book called The $100 Million Offers. So I would definitely recommend pairing the two together if you're reading them. And so it's basically about the importance of getting leads, engaging your leads, and understanding what is a lead and uh, how to get them engaged as well. Lead magnets as well is covered in that. Then warm outreach is one of the core four, as he calls it reaching out to people who already know you. So if you've already got an audience, if you've got anything from, like in our case, for example, podcast subscribers, posting free content, obviously that's including things like podcasts or uh, YouTube, anything like that. Cold outreach, which is particularly in the business to business space, I guess, important, but could work in business and consumer. And then the paid ads, which is kind of like, <laughs> I always think it's like the siren with the rocks waiting and the, the Greek myths, but they can work. And then the core four on steroids, which is the more better or new. So he talks about how to improve on things. And, and it's not always about just doing something different. Sometimes it's about being better. 
So a lot of it's a very strategy level advice, I think. There's some very great yeah. tactical things as well. And then he talks yeah. about customer referrals, employee referrals, affiliates, and advertising in real life, which I think is good because he, he admits that it's tough and it will take you time before you make your money back. So very feet on the ground, very typical Alex Holmosey. I'm a big, big fan of his style. It's very kind of humble. And at the same time, he's not shy about admitting how much money he's made. So he somehow wins the jackpot for it. Yeah. Not being a humble brag, which is very unusual. Most people kind of frankly are a little bit, look at me being rich. Mm -hmm. So I really like his style. That's a personal thing as well. So that's a brief summary of the book in my personal understanding of it. Interesting, the w way you recapped it makes it sound like very basic information, <laughs> which it is, I guess, but it was written in such a way that it was very, I guess, engaging mm. to me. It didn't seem like a rehash. Didn't seem like here is just the basics of lead getting it. It's, it had elements of intrigue and surprise in it sufficient to keep me interested the whole way through. So, yeah. So that was, and I guess to just start off by saying it's a good yes, book. It's a really definitely. good book. Definitely. And, and to your point, so. it's a very good point. I think that his personal style, and I, I do think that's linked with who he is and his business success, as far as I can tell. I, I don't know him personally, obviously, but the fact that he gets back to basics, but does them really thoroughly is I think that one of the causes of his success and he doesn't overcomplicate things. And in a world where it can feel very overwhelming, I think the fact that he makes it feel very doable and keeps it very simple is actually a, a winning approach. And the way I've summarized it is probably my dull way of putting it. I mean, he's got lots of personal stories and personal engagement in every single part, but he's not rehashing. I think it does come across to me like he's speaking from extreme amounts of personal experience in every single case, which is maybe one thing that differentiates him from mm -hmm. other overview type books where it tends to be a bit dry and a bit abstract. Okay. Well, let's jump into some elements of the actual launch of this and how he used it to build his business that I think were very interesting and all of us can learn lessons from regardless of whether you, you get the book or not. The first thing I noticed that he did was what Eben Pagan, I think it was, referred to as lowering the free line. This is an idea that's um, interesting in, in internet marketing, and that is that you want to find a way to offer more for free um, anytime you can in your business. And I was really interested in the way in which Hormozy did this with this book launch, which was surprised, I think, everybody. And that is he put the entire audiobook on his Spotify podcast. And that I don't think I've ever seen done before. Michael, maybe you've seen it done before. But to me, it was like, okay, there's a book coming out. It's going to be his next big book. It was a follow-on from the, the first one, which was a big smash hit. And then I knew marketing was happening to, in support of it. And then boom, there it was. Here's the entire book uh, on Spotify. And I think that was sort of a shocking way to lower the free line. And then after I was listening, but also observing that he did it, I was like, well, why doesn't everybody do that? Like, well, that's actually just a genius way to get it out there. Now, most people treat the book as like a, a loss leader. Maybe if you spend more than you make on it to find clients, or maybe they feel like it's actually a, a money-making device. But in his case, he used the book for promotional purposes and wanted a max distribution. And lowering the free line by putting it out on Spotify was a genius way to do it, in my view. So I don't know if that caught your attention or what your thoughts on that were. I mean, when you said, oh, it's available, because I, we, we spoke about discussing this book a couple of weeks ago, and I said, well, I've heard all about it. Obviously, I, I devoured and reread a uh, $100 million office by him. So I hadn't read $100 million lease. And he said, oh, here it is on Spotify. And you sent me a link. I thought, oh, that's weird. Huh? Free? <laughs> so I was also taken aback. But when you think about it, 
the the basic principle that he talks about with content creation is is this that you can think about expanding your audience and in which case you want to give 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 very generously or you can think about monetizing your audience in which case you put a bit of a restraint or a, a, a constriction on the, the the wish to grow because you're asking for a bit more so people aren't quite so full of goodwill but they're giving you money in a few cases and i think that he's very made a very very clear decision here and is in a financial position to do it to massively expand the audience and to not worry about monetizing at this point in his sort of funnel. And he says very clearly, and I'm sure that's true, that he monetizes primarily by acquiring businesses that are doing over, I think it's what, $3 million a year in revenue. So this is about, I guess, exposure in the first instance and building massive goodwill in the second and building a sort of trust. So there's no like trust exercise, really. That's what strikes me. So I think he's taking his own medicine yeah. as he indeed seems to do. So I, I totally agree. And, and it was, it did catch everybody, I think, in an interesting way. And it also, to, to your point, it, it created a context in which people were going to listen to him to understand why, why he did that. Like, wh- why was he putting it out on Spotify for free? And it gets to my second point I jotted down in my notes, which is he clearly called out his ideal client in the process of the book. And he did it in such a way that didn't alienate his non-ideal clients. And that was really interesting. He basically said in the book that through acquisition.com, he's looking for businesses to invest into or purchase that have $1 million a year in profit and more or more. And for everybody else, he's happy to give his content away for free so that they can get to that level, which is a very elegant way of saying that he's not interested in working with anybody below that level, but he's willing to help them. And this is the way in which he can do it. And I thought that was a very, very clever positioning of the book. It was it was a both call to a siren song to his ideal client, but in a way that made everybody feel good um, and didn't feel exclusionary. Yeah. And many internet marketers I see do this really badly, where they'll do a, a broad appeal, do a, a challenge or a big event, and then their basic device for sorting and for working with hiring people would be like, okay, my mastermind's $50,000 a year. And everybody else is left thinking, well, I guess all the good stuff that's in the mastermind, I can't hear and I don't qualify. And it leaves sort of a awkward um, sh- shunning of, of, the, of the little people, I guess you could say, which is it's just not cool in a way if you think about it. And the way he did it was just the opposite, where he, I think, ingratiated himself to everybody on both sides of it. So what are your thoughts on that? I, I think everything you say is true. And I think it's true also for Alex Hormozy because of who he is. I mean, again, it's how he comes across. It, uh, everyone has a sort of, it's, it's an American, I was going to say cliche, which is true, but also a meta-narrative, if you like, a narrative behind all narratives, which is rags to riches, which is kind of the the Americans tell themselves this story in some cases. It's true. Like Alex Hormozzi is an Iranian-American and first-generation immigrant like Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos was second-generation immigrant and adopted. So there is much truth in it. But the rags to riches thing only works, I think, if you have experienced enough of the rags to be able to write in such a way that people believe it. And, and I believe that Hormozzi has experienced that. And I, I'm, I'm, that's interesting. That's great writing or that's great mm-hmm. empathy because I'm... English and I've never really been mm-hmm. particularly poor or particularly rich. So I think he's older off the particularly. I think I, well, not particularly. I think that Hormozzi is that person. I think it can also work to embrace being 
again, without naming yeah. particular names, because it will get everyone just thinking about the controversy that's created by certain characters. But I can think of certain political characters who are extremely kind of resentful and angry, but they somehow own it in a way, and that works for them. I would prefer to think that Hormoz is better for humanity and a better way of doing it. But what I think is really important is that he has built goodwill by positioning this helpfulness because of he is a helpful person. I think trying to emulate that if you're not that kind of person might come across as somehow not not ringing true. That's all I would say. Yeah. So you, it was believable. I think more than that, I think it's now gross of who he is. Because it was authentic in, in your view. Exactly. And I yeah. think being authentic is really important. In this case, it happens to be also ethical and, and build fantastic world goodwill and be elegant positioning and many great things. But I, I think mm-hmm. some people do really, really mm-hmm. well and they completely turn me off, but other people love them. And because they're also being authentic, there's a power in that. I think so. There you go. Can everyone else copy Hormozy? Yeah. It's a good yeah. question. Well, I mean, I think that the strategy bit there is to be clear about who your ideal customer yeah. is and to be very a bit be, be wise about how you appeal or, or appeal or call to or call out your ideal customer and doing it in a way that is not disenfranchising to other people not exclusionary i think is a is a wise thing to think through all, all of us as business owners now uh, that's for, more for information marketers maybe maybe more for people who are courses and books type focused if you're selling a, a plastic widget on amazon is that still <laughs> a truth for you that you need to call call out and I define your ideal customer a, maybe it's a bit I don't know I, I think that's it's interesting point it's a very interesting point I, I think if you're selling a plastic widget then no but if you sell an aspirational product in a range of products that is fantastically high value not affordable for most but you also have some kind of product that is also loved and looked after and cared for and, and done well but is much more affordable then actually I think that's a very smart thing to do because some brands do that I'm, I'm trying to think of it physical product brand. I mean, I guess that the the classic brands that spring to mind for some reason would be things like handbag makers that can have a very, very, very high end offer. And then the $400 offer feels very affordable and also feels more gracious. Yeah. And so some fashion brands do this quite well, yeah. I think. I think one element to ask all, all of us ask ourselves is, do people articulate your ideal niche client back to you in a way that's actually correct like if if people say to you who you are what you do or like, like they tell their friends who you are what you do do you hear things that are completely wrong completely off is it is it clear to everyone who you're trying to work with and if there's ambiguity there the question is why because it's yours to own it's yours to manage it's yours to put out into the universe and this is i think a positioning thing that's really vital for all of us at every level to your point like for yeah. product differentiation Al Reese and Jack Trout's classic book, Positioning, speaks to this the most. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it's, it's just a fantastic book. And in Marketing Warfare, is there other book that's really, really good about identifying your ideal position in the market and being laser being focused on that. Interesting also um, that you and I, who are obviously fans of Alex Hormozy, came away, you, you were more accurate in who his target customer was, was somebody with at least a million dollars. I was thinking three million revenue for some reason. And so I guess he's not that obsessed with calling that out i suppose that people who are really interested in working with him will, will find their way to him mm-hmm. but maybe he could do a better job to your mm-hmm. point the real test is what do other people say about your business when you're not around how clearly have you communicated to your ideal customer mm-hmm. I, I guess based on this little test we'll manage to have some work yeah. to do there but we'll give him a pass on that he's done well on everything else <laughs> 
Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. Well, there you go. I, I guess I was particularly fixated on it as I was listening to the book. The point number three on my list here was we kind of touched on a little bit earlier already, which is make an incredibly good product and then give it away for free. He said he wrote this book over like a two-year time span. And I would tend to believe that that was probably true. I've taken my best whack at many a book outline and, and writing exercise, and I have some that are half-baked and not ever put out. I have some that are half-baked and put out. <laughs> and um, I'll just say that he wrote a really good book, and then he gave it away for free, which is uh, a fantastic market positioning exercise. And and that, and, and that I think, is, is uh, the trick for many, many e-commerce operators who are trying to get scale is how do you attract a large audience and is there an element of it, a component of it that could be done with a, a free product and digital good sellers that we've obviously played in that space for a long time now think that way. A lot of physical product sellers don't think that way, but my advice to them is always that they should ask that question. Is there, a, is there something you could give away for free that would attract a large audience of your customers or prospects? And he did that, I think, brilliantly with, with this book. Absolutely. I was just thinking about this whole thing of giving away free products, but also how to integrate this into physical type product business. Because the implications of a lot of the Hormozy's books and I guess his experience is with service type products and all businesses. And, and it's very easy to dismiss it. And I think that's a huge mistake because I mean, in a sense, you should say, well, if I'm in physical product space and all these information and service based people do these things and my competition doesn't, that's a great reason to consider how to adapt it to your industry. One thing that strikes me is this, that a lot of people who sell on Amazon and to some extent, a lot of people who sell on their own D2C sites as well, may create a brand which is quite strong in its space. And that's obviously really important. If you sell on Amazon, a lot of people don't do even, even that. But, but if you don't own it as the owner of it or have a face to the brand, you're missing out on a potential area. And the reason I bring this up is because Hormozy himself mentions in his his book on the, on the content side, he, that he didn't want his face and, and Leila Hormozy's wife plastered all over the internet, didn't want to be creating content and kind of refused to do it until he came across several examples of content creators of various kinds becoming billionaires quicker than he was. And then he finally relented and decided to embrace the personal branding, which isn't the same as the corporate branding. And what I think is missing as an element in many e-commerce businesses is things like the founder story that it's in the about page somewhere, but it's not lent into. And when you think of yeah. the really famous business stories, like the body shop, I think of Anita Roddick, the, the entrepreneur, and I think of Virgin Airlines, I think of Richard Branson, and they're still sellable businesses. But they have a, a kind of DNA of, or a, a marketing DNA around the founder and their story that I think ever, everyone can embrace, which is not quite the same yeah. thing as the making a good product thing, but it is about the, how do we transfer these lessons from 
making a book, which is really full of personal stories in this case, and, and transferring that way of thinking into the physical product world. And I think the best physical brands do this really well. Look at the Kardashians, you know, creating mm-hmm. ridiculously valuable brands. I totally agree with that. Let's add another item to our list here what we can talk about, which is create a brand as you go. His, uh, I was thinking the branding that he was creating was 100 million dot, 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 whatever it is, sales leads, whatever his, his uh, construct of his book title is. It, it, to me, it was interesting that he followed on. He's, he's clearly made a path there with the 100M nomenclature in the top title of his book. That's smart marketing, in my view. I try to do that to some degree with obviously my power phrasing and my Instagram power, Pinterest power books and beyond. But he's done it really, really. He's just hit a grand slam home run and now has cre- created a very clear brand out of that phraseology, I guess you could say. But to your point, he's also built a personal brand out of it where he went from basically not known at all to being an authority on sales and conversion. And that's the interesting part of this to me as well. He, he used a classic book launch to enter the stratosphere of marketing leadership. And that, that is, everybody says, write a book for authority. And then 9,999 people do it and they don't have any authority after they did it. <laughs> but, but, the, but on the occasion, when you do a book and you do it right and you absolutely just crush it, you end up with uh, a positioning that's unmatchable. Absolutely. And he's clearly demonstrated that, which is very interesting, the branding of it all. I I would also say what's really important, and it struck me very hard with this book or series of books, so the $100 million XXX in this case offers leads. He's probably going to do, I think, something about business structure and and business models, which is obviously really, really... Sales. Sales is it. Okay, looking forward to those things. But that, along with like the four-ed work week, sounds quite spammy because I spoke to one of my, well, one of the mastermind members in a recent meeting mentioned the $100 million office. And I said, it's amazing. And somebody else said, oh, I hadn't bothered reading that because it sounded so clickbaity, and which I think is true. I'm sure he's tested it and there's a reason why he did it. But without Alex Formosa's personal brand behind it, just as without Tim Ferriss's personal brand behind the four-hour work week, it would just be another slightly dodgily named book, I think. I think the personal brand is intrinsic to why that title, which is very kind of compelling, but also very kind of cliche, works. And I think, so coming back mm-hmm. to the idea of yeah. using lessons from this as f- for physical product uh, sellers, which is my main sort of situation mm-hmm. people I try and serve, then having a personal brand changes the meaning of everything else you put on top of it, the corporate brand, the naming of your products. Nike Air yeah. wouldn't mean anything without some pers- sports personalities that they've endorsed which wouldn't mean anything without yeah. the commitment to sort of sporting excellence that's in the DNA of Nike as a brand, for example. This is a very interesting point about branding that's sort of uh, deep into the swimming pool, in my view. And that's this idea that um, what I used to always say to people, when, when people bond with each other at your event or around your product, they bond with you, your brand. So they're, they're building relationships with each other and that accrues to value your brand if you're the one that's been the convener. In this situation, it's the same principle, I think, and that is when people bond with your product, they bond with you as the maker. And that's why people have just such this affinity for like the Elon Musks or the Steve Jobs is like, they don't know those people. They don't know who they are or anything like that, but they bonded with them because they bonded with the product. 
And it's such a clear example in this case that people rallying around these books have created the context in which Alex Ramosi has become their hero. And, and, and that's just a, it's, it's like a halo effect of a product. There's, there's additional bonding that occurs beyond with just the object of the, the pro- individual product that is purchased or consumed or liked. Yeah. It's really interesting. You're right. You know, very, psychology. very subtle and yet very powerful effect. You're completely right. Cause I mean, somehow you and I sort of went, when you said, oh, have you read the whole Maisie book? I'm like, no, but I love his stuff. That was another sort of part of our relationship and the, the bond between us. So you're absolutely right. And, and that is kind of subtle because you can kind of set that up or try and engineer it, but you can't control it directly. It, it's happening out there with really strong brands and strong products. I mean, I guess that's what we'd all pray for. I, I suppose the, the obvious question yeah. is, how do you engineer that? I suppose this is an example. Maybe yeah. we should get into the next thing about what, what he's done with the book launch, because I guess that's part of that. Hey, folks, thank you for listening to another deep dive episode with myself, Michael Vesey and Jason Miles. So today we've been really talking about um, it's a bit meta, I suppose we've been talking about book launch really, but also I think there's a lot of marketing lessons to be learned from how Alex Hormozy has launched his $100 million lead book. Um, things to summarize for today, lowering the free line. So Hormozy released an entire audiobook for free on Spotify um, and calling out your ideal clients, make an incredibly good product and give it away for free. Now, this isn't something we can all afford to do. Uh, but there are elements of that we can all take away. And I think one thing we can all do as well, is read the book, really an incredible book. That plus the $100 million offers book, which has been out for several years, which I think is also amazing if you're slightly earlier in the stage of building a business or a new product line or a new business unit. Together, they make a sort of mini NBA, I think, in product creation and product launch. So definitely check those out. Um, as I say, if you're a Spotify um, uh, user, you can go and just check out the podcast on Spotify and listen to it for free. I think it's episode 589 uh, from memory. And uh, that's it. So we'll be continuing with this theme in our next podcast and then on to Pastures New. Thank you so much for listening. As ever, if you've enjoyed today's show, don't forget to subscribe on a podcast player near you, Spotify podcast app, the Apple podcast app, or um, any of the other ones out there, Google podcasts to name but a few. Thanks for listening. Veteran e-commerce operators know that net profit is the vital lifeblood of a business. Better a small and profitable business than a large one that earns no money. The Profit Habits Workbook is designed to give you 17 actionable, specific and proven profit-taking actions. You can implement them at your own pace and let the power of this trusted framework revolutionize your company. The Profit Habits Workbook makes profit improvement a fast and efficient achievement. For a limited time, we are now sharing this resource with our listeners completely free with no strings attached. To download your 60-page workbook and begin your journey to a more profitable business today, just visit theecommerceleader.com forward slash profit habits. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England. Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. We offer you free help on our website, including PDFs, videos, and mini courses on topics like traffic, product, and sales channels. Some are for Amazon, most are for any sales channel. To get those and to stay up to date with our podcasts, go to www.theecommerceleader.com. Thanks for listening.